Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's a Ben, Rob and Rob, oh Ben, Rob and Rob, oh Rob and Rob, oh Welcome to the Ben Robin Robbo Show. Here's Rob McKnight. Oh, hello on this very fine Wednesday. Old Robbie's a bit sick today, but we have still got a big show coming your way. Not the Rona, got a cold. Benjamin and David Robinson, it's so good to see your beaming faces on the Ben Robin Robbo Show today. <laughs> Robbo, look at beaming? you go. Yes. <laughs> Robbo, you Breaking look... news. You're, oh, he's putting stuff into the auto queue. What will it be? Ben, um, I have to say, we'll let Robbo go for one moment. Look at him. I've never seen Robbo working so hard. <laughs> We're putting together his, his grinder profile. <laughs> <laughs> look, um, Ben, it is a big day for us because every Wednesday we like to bring in a fourth panellist, someone who can share our views and uh, not share our views, challenge our views and, and, uh, you know, add to the conversation. And today we're keeping it in the family. We're thrilled to have the wonderful Reggie Sorensen, the winner of Big Brother. Hello, Reggie. Hello, boys. (laughs) Hello, Reggie. Now, I miss you guys. Oh, we miss you too. Reggie, a few people were speculating yesterday if you would be drinking during today's episode because they have seen you on our I Am Big Brother <laughs> video cast. And uh, let's just say you were known for having a few drinks during that. Oh, yeah. Cheers. All right. So, I've got uh, our orange juice. Oh, okay. Because we do have Tipsy Thursday. Yeah. So today I thought it would be washed out Wednesday. <laughs> Well, it's got a half a thing of vodka in it. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm that, not there we come go. On you. <laughs> now, Reggie, I need your help today. I am sick yeah. as a dog. I have a cold, as I said, not the Rona. I've got the lemon and honey going here for my voice. Uh, but apparently, Ben was telling me you have a bit of a recipe. Oh, yeah, garlic soup. 50 cloves of garlic soup. you got to, you got to make it. Cloves of it garlic? works. <laughs> yep, it's um. Oh my God! Seriously, the minute I start to feel a little bit irky, I go to the shop, get all my garlic. So, what do you got to put? Fifty cloves of garlic. Uh, it's got two onions, half a thing of celery, whatever it's called, a bunch. Um, a liter of chicken stock, <laughs> touch of cream, and it's piss easy to make. It is so easy. You roast half the garlic. Um, and that makes it really sweet, really yummy and sweet. Oh, wow. um, and it's beautiful. Oh, it is beautiful. It is honestly beautiful. Um, it does make. It does clean you out, though. It cleans you out. <laughs> and <your> bre- <laughs> <laughs> I must say that. 
But it works. It seriously works. You've got to try it. Well, Reggie, you, I think you'll have to it's cook me up a batch and uh, bring it up. We don't live that far apart. Oh, yeah, I will. I'll make you some. <laughs> not, that I'm, not that I'm going to impose my wants and needs, but also at home. If you've got any <laughs> surefire cures for the cold. Actually, Angela Bishop, who we will be speaking about today at Studio 10. Oh, I can never remember what she says, but she swears by. And it's something like these garlic pills, um, those Swiss garlic pills, and you take oh. like five of them uh, or something. Oh, I'll have to I'll have to go through my texts or find out from her again because she says every time she gets a sniffle, she does this and she, yep. never, she never gets sick. It works. This yes, works. I, I have a bowl a day. I just want to authorise this because I actually was coming down with a cold <laughs> once and I had to do this uh, present. Well, it wasn't a presentation, I was presenting at a show and I wasn't feeling my best and Reg saw that I put it on Facebook, told me the recipe, I had it. It was actually more delicious than it sounds, you know, 50 garlic cloves yeah. is a lot. But let me tell you, I woke up the next day and I had no signs whatsoever of the lurgy coming on. So, look, I'm giving it the thumbs oh, up, good. the sign of approval. It works. Yeah. Seriously it does. works. It does. And I've got it to keep well. I've got to keep on top of my health because of lupus with cystic fibrosis. Yeah. So, you know, I have got to be really careful with what I do and who who I'm around uh, in the public. So, I'm onto this garlic soup and I'm going to keep pumping it into me. <laughs> and Reggie, look, we we can't move on and we our hot topics are coming up, but Big Brother, we've talked about it a lot with you. It's still a big moment of your life, isn't it, winning the 2003 series of that oh. show? Oh, shit, yeah. Oh, <laughs> That's a trick. Big Brother's always going to be... Oh, <laughs> yeah, cheers. Um, big Brother's always going to be in my blood, and, and I love it. And uh, this year was interesting, eh, uh, the way that it came back. Um, I do hope the next episode, uh, next show... They bring a little bit of the old in with the new, just a little bit. Mix it, you know, get to know the housemates more. That's what I'd like to see. Yes, well, um, Channel 7, I think, Ben, have been looking and listening to the feedback and they're about to begin shooting, aren't they, Ben? Well, I believe that they're not that far away from shooting it and I think they've gone a little bit back and forward on how they're going to have this new series unfold. Early reports were that it is civilians versus celebrity and it would seem that they will be going up against I'm a Celebrity at the start of January. So these are the early reports, but as we know, Big Brother hasn't Ooh. started filming and Big Brother is the most unpredictable brother anyone can ever have. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben, uh, you always have the good oil on Big Brother and we've got a little sneak of entertainment before we get into everything. So there is more entertainment coming up, including baby news, multiple sets of baby news and a whole lot more. And Bruno, last week we looked at the top three Karens. This week we'll be looking at the top three Tims, named after, of course, Tim Smith, the Melbourne politician. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which we like, right? Um, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Look, before we get into our hot topics, let's bring you up to speed on the latest coronavirus numbers. We'll start with Australia. And in Victoria, there have been 410 new cases with 21 deaths. 16 of those cases have been linked to aged care. New South Wales has 18 new cases with the Tangara School for Girls cluster now linked to 19. 13 of the new cases have been acquired locally from known source and two from unknown sources. One is an overseas returning traveller and two ha, ha, and two come from Victoria. 
Premier Gladys Berejiklian has said they are prepared to take further measures if the cases continue to rise. In Tasmania, one new case has been detected for the first time in almost three weeks and has been linked to a hospital stay in Melbourne. The Northern Territory, Queensland and South Australia have all reported no new cases. But let's move on to New Zealand and for the first time in over 100 days there have been there has been COVID-19 detected, community transmission. There are four new cases in a family in Auckland and reports are saying that colleagues of the people are now displaying symptoms. It's unknown how patient zero contracted the virus with no history of overseas travel. The city of Auckland is in level three lockdown and the rest of the country is in level two. Prime Minister Jacinta Ardern has strongly denied circulating rumours that the government knew about the cluster prior to yesterday afternoon. All right, let's move on. And the Victoria debacle continues to deepen. There are there is coronavirus politics and never far behind. We're going to bring you up to speed with what is turning out to be a war of words and a confusing maze. Yesterday, while appearing at the parliamentary inquiry that he set up, Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews said that personnel from the Australian Defence Force were not offered to him to provide support with the hotel quarantine program. Glad you mentioned the use of ADF. I don't believe ADF support was on offer. And ADF support has been provided in very limited circumstances in New South Wales, not to provide security as such, but to provide transportation from uh, the airport to, to hotels. So again, I think it is fundamentally incorrect to assert that there was uh, hundreds of ADF staff on offer and somehow someone said no. That's just not, in my judgment, accurate. That actually wasn't the question, Premier. Oh, yes, it, it absolutely was. Why did I do one thing and not do another? But the the issue was, why did you choose private security guards? Well, there was a proposal drawn up. Uh, it was essentially already operating at some significant scale, but would need to go to, to another level. Uh, it was running quarantine uh, and support services for a range of different people whether it be health workers, vulnerable Victorians, uh, women and children fleeing family violence. Uh, the best answer I can give you is that, that it was this hotel quarantine model was simply an extension of those uh, arrangements, arrangements that had uh, until that point, and, I'm, and, and, and I, I have no uh, evidence to the contrary, had worked well in those cohorts. It was simply intended to include the return travellers. And, and it was stood up within the specified time frame. Uh, and uh, they are the decisions that that were that were made. Uh, it was essentially an extension of a program that we had already stood up. Uh, nothing more, nothing less. Shortly after that, the Federal Defence Minister issued a statement that said the ADF were available as far back as March. This is something that Daniel Andrews and Victoria's Emergency Management Commissioner Andrew Crisp denies. Crisp said in a statement of his own saying that although there were talks with the ADF, he did not seek or nor was he offered personnel for the hotel quarantine program. Dan Andrews was quick to use that statement in his defence at this morning's press briefing. Let's be very clear about this. The Defence Minister yesterday decided that she would issue a statement. She's perfectly entitled to do that. Uh, it made a number of claims. Andrew Crisp has issued a statement that I think is at, is at odds with that. And for Dan Andrews, that was enough to end the matter. And for my purposes, that clears the, mat that clears the matter, matter up. Uh, I, don't, I don't know the Federal Defence Minister. I don't, I, I don't deal with her. I deal with the Prime Minister. But I do know Andrew Crisp. 
And uh, I think Victorians know Andrew Crisp as well. And I direct you to the really clear statement that he's issued. Were yeah. the, the troops available to assist in security in March? But the availability of ADF resources is not something that I can speak to. Yesterday you said no, that they weren't. No, no, yesterday. No, no, let's, let's be very clear about this. And we can stand here for as long as you want. We'll be very, let's be very clear about this. It has been consistently put to me that me or others have consistently said no to help. That's simply wrong. That is simply wrong today. I was asked a question, why'd you do one thing and not the other? What I was saying was I'm not entirely certain that the other was on offer. And uh, Commissioner Crisp, I think, goes directly to that. But the opposition leader, Michael O'Brien, says he's lying and it would appear in a roundabout way the Andrews is accusing the Federal Defence Minister, Linda Reynolds, of also having a case of the Pinocchios. They're doing a sterling job and while they were out doing that work, others decided to issue a statement yesterday. I, I can't speak for that. That's wasn't not under my hand, not under my signature. Uh, you'd need to speak to the Federal Minister about that. I think Commissioner Crisp has been very clear today. Ben... I've got to say, I have major issues when leaders are called liars, when it's not as clear-cut of that, and I'm over these politics. Yeah, absolutely. I think what's actually happening here, and it does kind of remind me of what would happen in primary school and high school when sports captains would get picked, there'd be the person who'd get picked and instead of celebrating it, there'd be all these little people behind saying that they shouldn't have been picked and they could do a better job. At the end of the day, I think it's really redundant and useless for any of the opposition to be coming out and saying that he's lying. Look, we've had two government officials come forward and put forward the case, but what do we really care about at this stage? Do we want to talk about who's right and wrong? Do we know the facts pretty much as it stands that, you know what, there was a mistake that was made when it came to... Uh, this hotel quarantine and now we're just trying to rectify it the mistake is huge it's catastrophic it's affecting everyone like the, the, the economy will maybe never be the same but what point and what value do we have right now on absolutely needing clarification when it's just not going to help us moving forward Look, there, there's a couple of things going on here, Robbo, in that it's a pretty strong statement for Dan Andrews, and I thought this yesterday when he said it during the parliamentary inquiry, that he ADFL personnel were not offered to him. The Defence Minister jumped on that, and the opposition in Victoria obviously thought they had a gotcha moment, but it certainly seems like Andrews had no knowledge of any help that was being offered, or do you think we're playing semantics here and politics? Uh, Rob, I think you, you're right on there. That uh, word with semantics, that's what I think is happening here. Uh, I think that there, you know, the federal government is saying that we offered you ADF personnel. Uh, for whatever reason, possibly the Victorian government didn't take them up on that offer. So now the Victorian government is playing word games and saying, well, you know, you didn't offer it to us for this. Uh, and so we're going to clap, you know, we're going to hit back at you. Uh, the Defence Minister has come out again and said, uh, no, no, we really did offer you ADF personnel back in the day, um, but then the, yeah, the Andrews government is trying to say, well, no, no, you didn't offer it to us for the hotel stuff. Look, you've got to start asking yourself some questions here, and questions need to be asked. I, I, I'm sorry, but I've got to disagree with you. Even at this point, questions need to be asked about what the bloody hell happened. Now, the Defence Minister can come out and issue a statement. Uh, you, could, you could argue that she's playing politics, but at the same time, we need answers right now. And this idea of going, well, yeah, we were offered soldiers but we didn't take them up on that because we were just looking for hotel quarantine program at that point 
That is irrelevant. Yeah, but Robbo, like, hang on a sec. Can I just quickly ask you a question? Well, let me just imagine. Let's just give a visualisation of this. And you and I have playing a game of where we're knocking balls back and forward at each other. And imagine if you're standing there and I'm smacking ball after ball after ball after ball and you get a little bit confused and then you need to go and check your phone. You don't have really any time to do that. Like what you need to do in a time like this is keep moving forward. Is it really necessary for the press to continue to keep asking him about something that yes. we already know and that mistakes were made? Hey, let's have a look at yes. this maybe once we get a little bit more of a handle on this. But right now, seeing journalists do this to further their career to make themselves look better while you rummage no, around through Dan Andrews' bag, it's just not getting us not... anywhere. No, that's what it feels like to I, me. I, I, Come I've on. just got to disagree with you. you. It's not, it's not journalists trying to further their career. It is. Oh, my God. Have you seen those people? It's, I've never seen people look so happy to get a point score in my actual life. They're journalists doing... They're journalists doing their job, and these are actual questions and, and you know, responsible questions to be asked. Now, if you don't want to have all the balls thrown in your face, like you, the, the analogy that you use, then don't get into politics. Yeah, yeah. This is a really tough game. I understand that. But at the, at the base of this, if one of them is telling the truth, then the other one is stuffed. Now, it, and it's very important to get to the bottom of it now. Right now, like, right. and I don't think it's point scoring. I think look it's, at this. it's, it's I true. feel like, you know, for the point of the fact that what we're trying to all do as a Victorian, as an Australian, you would have to agree, and that is that COVID-19 would have to be one of the hardest things that's ever slapped the world, and we are all evolving as fast as we can, and we're all adapting. Mistake was made. Dan mm -hmm. Andrews has admitted that, but what you're trying to do while we're getting press releases and things being said from different well. people and different parties is it's just bullshit. We need to be getting Dan Andrews no. to be focusing on things a little bit better, and then, let me tell you, once the car's back on the road, let's get under the hood and see what happened and make sure it doesn't happen again. But for right now, you are wasting our time by talking about this. Let's just I, actually move forward. I, look, I, no, look, I, I think just... really quickly, I, I, I've got, I really want, I want to disagree with that because we, we're essentially in a second wave in Victoria. So to wait for the, the pandemic to end is a waste of time and we'll just, we'll lose more lives, more people will be infected. Tell me what we you need want to get. start asking these tough to questions but, but now. Look, just answer the question. What do you want to get? What is it that you want? I just... I just... What is it I'm in that the you want? Of answering just that's your it. question, Ben. No, I know, but I I'm, just want I'm, to know. You summarise it just to a I'm little bit. I'm answering that question. What is it that you want? Okay. I want governments to be held accountable. I don't think that governments should be given a free pass in a democracy like Australia, the way you uh, you know can do whatever you want, make decisions, and and have no scrutiny applied to you. That's my point. So we can't wait for the pandemic to end or to get less. Because what happens if the, the same mistakes are made and we get a third wave and you yourself are locked up in lockdown for another three months? Like, yeah. is that what you want? Uh, Questions okay. need to be what, asked now. What I would say okay. about this is that. It is okay to ask the Premier questions. What I have an issue with is an elected official being called a liar, the Premier of the state being called a liar. I think that's cheap shots. And until he has been proven that's to politics. do so, you have to give him the respect of the office. You can ask questions, but they're asking the same questions. He's answering. They're asking the same he's questions. Not he's, questions. Answer he's, he not answering the, he's not answering the questions. He is answering the question. But, Reggie, I want to ask he you. Is answering he, the you are the yeah, people's princess, Reggie. You talk yep. for the people. When you see this going on, what do you think? Oh, my God. Well, at the end of the day, I'm in love with Brett Sutton. So... <laughs>
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I do. Who isn't? <laughs> is no, I, I, I feel for Dan Andrews. He, and I believe him, I, that if, if, why wouldn't he put the, uh, the the bloody forces there in the first place? I believe him and I feel sorry for him because I'm with Ben. You, you listen to these reporters every day just, oh, no, I just want to jump into the TV and just go, oh, I nearly swore. But it's frustrating. It is. It is so frustrating. And um, no, it's got to stop. And I think, like Ben said, they have to move forward. We all have to help each other. This shit is not going to end until they find a vaccine. This is going to go on and on and on. Look, we 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 have. It's not going to stop. We are very lucky today because we are surrounded by royalty. From the people's princess, we now go to the people's prince. Robbo, what would you like to say? <laughs> I appreciate you. I'm going I'm to make you. I'm going to knight you, actually, Robert. Um, just go back to respect of the office. Um, so should Donald Trump not be called a liar? Should He's the American Big president, Rob, So Big difference. It, it, no, the guy has been oh, caught a... lying to the public time he and time lies. and time and time we and time don't and time know. again. Yeah. Dan Andrews has not Dan been caught Andrews... out in a lie. Because he, he hasn't answered Donald any Trump's questions. A... Until the man is... Found out to be a liar. I think it is a terrible thing to brandish someone a liar. Yeah. I, I think it's disrespectful. Yeah. You have it's watched politics in this country before, right? You've watched politics before. Yeah, but politicians. Well, Robbo, that's why when they tell us we will die if we go outside, we don't believe them. The politics and the media have themselves to blame. They ramp everything up to, like, there's nobody's business. We don't trust what politicians say. So when they tell us we need to wear a mask to go outside, this is why people aren't listening. You can't just write that off saying this is politics. We do need to move on. No. We're not going to have time for any other hot topics. All right. Well, That's okay. Right. Can I just work out if he's the prince and she's the princess, then I'm the queen. Is that right? Or are you the I, queen? I, I, or maybe that makes me <laughs> the toad. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can be the you queen. You can be too. kissed. We can have two coins. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm really glad we stopped Alrighty. that. All right. Well, it's been a taboo subject in newsrooms for years with the resistance against reporting on suicide stemming from fears that it would inspire copycats. But through this pandemic, can it continue to be ignored? At a time when rates are presumed to grow substantially, do journalists have a larger responsibility to bring light to these issues? Um, it's interesting, isn't it, Reggie, that we don't really speak about mental health impacts of coronavirus on this show. Well, we do on this show, but other people aren't. It is a topic that's being largely ignored by the mainstream media. Do you think ignoring this hard truth is doing more damage than good? Yes, I think it should be spoken about. Um, I mean, I've dealt with um, suicide in, in my family um and you know and i've even been down that track where i've been down that dark path where i didn't want to be here anymore and and there is you know like it like they say there is a light at the end of the tunnel and and it should be spoken about you know because when people reach out to you and help you it does change things and um and the media should speak about it more my mum um you know she's mental health She's a paranoid schizophrenic and I've dealt with that all my life. And, and even with Ben, like, you know, with his um, family as well, like suicide's a big thing and it should be spoken about. It shouldn't be brushed under the carpet at all.
Well, it certainly was a thing for many years in newsrooms, Robbo, where it wasn't spoken about if it was um, if, if that was a cause of death. Uh, that does seem to be changing a little bit, and that taboo is being broken. Yeah, Rob, but there is science behind it as well and where clusters have been identified uh, that when you put an idea into someone's head who is already feeling a little bit down, that, oh, that's the way I could do it, oh, that's worked for them. I think there just needs to be sensitivity. I agree with uh, you and Reggie. We do need to speak about it. However, we need to put the message out there in a proper way. It, it, it cannot glorify it. It cannot go into detail. All of those things have been what the rules that have governed the newsrooms, you know, as you said, for, forever. Um, I think that you, st you can talk about suicide. You should not talk about method um, and you should not talk about location. I think those are the two things that should always remain absolutely taboo, but we should also talk about the fact that people are taking their lives. That's the difference for me. Ben, I can see you shaking your head. Talk to well, me. look, I just think that it seems like, you know, they're just some very small parts of it. Yes, and I understand that they're the parameters of how the people in the media should be able to cover it. But we, what we are trying to say here in this topic is uh, anytime we are talking about mental health issues, we should be promoting people to communicate. We need to ask people more questions. We need to keep mm. the line of conversation going. When you see someone yeah. who is in trouble, call it out. Make sure that you pick up the phone. Make sure that you ask friends and family that are surrounding those people, is that person okay? And do what it is that, do what it is that is needed. And when it comes to the media promoting this, I think what they need to be saying is let's highlight some people. We had Mark Philippoussis on the show yesterday talking about mental health issues. Let's look to our heroes. Let's look to the people that are iconic, that have made a brand for themselves and ask them for their story. Because let me tell you, sharing your story is the fight against suicide. Sharing your story and communication is the way in which we're going to be able to tackle it. Well, it's funny you mentioned Mark Philippoussis speaking about this yesterday. Let's take a look at what he actually said. Um, as you mentioned, with what's going on right now, with what we're hearing, especially in Victoria, uh, of, of these numbers of deaths every day you're hearing about is is, is brutal and heartbreaking. Mm. But you, what you pressed on and you mentioned is something that no one's talking about more in the media is, is what is happening to the people that, that are, are, are being, you know, quarantined in their homes yeah. and, and depression and... and, and you know, uh, you know, as far as you know, physical violence right now, or, or, or um, you know, depression is, is very scary. That's even scarier than than the COVID nineteen numbers, and no one's talking about that. I think he's got a very fair point. Um, it is it is interesting the hesitancy to talk about that issue, um, uh, Robbo. Sometimes though. I don't know. I don't know if I'm as hardline that of what we can and can't report about it because I think each case is different, um, and sometimes uh, do you 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 have obviously done the research, but it's an interesting thing you said that I want to go back to, that if you talk about suicide and the way someone's done it, you really think that puts the idea into people's heads. 100%. Uh, there, there's many, many, many research papers. There's been a lot of work done in this area where, uh, yes, we are moving to the fact of we're going to say suicide. We don't say, and, and still in media, we're, we're saying things like uh, it's, you know, it wasn't a suspicious death. That That's kind of the sentence that we use in, 
in reporting when it's kind of suicide, right, and someone's died when they shouldn't have. Um, but yes, absolutely, the, the research backs it up, the evidence backs it up to, well, I think we should shine a light on suicide. I think it's very important to do that. I think it affects a lot of people, but I really think that those parameters need to be put in place. Do not say the method and do not say the location. It's, it's proven, it's science, there's, there's no way out of that. But yes, we can still talk about the issue. Okay. All right, changing gears a little now. And sorry, Bridget, you were going to say something? I was just going to say, like, at the end of the day, when you are in that dark place, you, you, you don't think about how you're going to really do it. You just, you know, I don't know. It's sorry. Well, that's a good point to make, Reg. And, it's a tough one. It's it a is. Tough one. Like, it's, it's really tough. It, it, it is. And I do also want to quickly say sorry that I think people at Lifeline need to be more educated in how they take people's calls. I've myself, um, parts yes, of my family would... have rang, rang that number. Yep. And I, even myself yep. was told, oh, you're, you're just having a, you just need to go to sleep. You, you need to sleep. Yep. When I was crying out for help. And I just. I've heard this about, about Lifeline, and this is a yeah. real story oh. because um, someone I work it with, is... uh, Amanda Howard, um, uh, talked about how useless Lifeline is. And, you know, I'm I've always hesitant now to throw to them. Sorry, Robbo. Yep. I, I, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm just saying that I've had exactly the same experience with as Amanda Howard and as Reggie saying there. Uh, Lifeline. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is a bigger story, but it, it, when you reach yeah. out to them, and I had to reach out to them a few times, it, it, the, the best word I can describe is bumbling. <laughs> just bumbling. bumbling. Yeah, just also and honestly. Do we really oh, need to take we could, our this is right another now? I mean, it's a vital service. No, I, it is vital. No, but hold on, hold on, ben. We can but, question. But if, if, if you're speaking to Amanda Howard, Reggie and Nisa, saying that we've all called this service and it hasn't been a great service, yeah, that is a conversation to have. Yeah, massive. But we do have very massive. limited, I know. And I, I do understand that to a certain extent, and I have done my research when it comes to the things in which they are trained to say over the phone, and certainly there are some things in there that need to be looked at, but whilst we are in a pandemic and we are in a troubled time, trying to take down, like just saying something negative about Lifeline We're when not we trying have to take anyone so down. limited services. No, no, I'm not. It's just... No. No. Okay. But people not, are talking not, about their experiences. And, and I will say that um, after hearing of some experiences, I stopped promoting the Lifeline number when I was EPing Studio 10 and right. we focused on Beyond yeah. Blue because... Um, Beyond Blue. Uh, and yeah. look, anyone listening and to this... Helpline. And Kids Helpline. So I would encourage people, yeah, yeah. if you do have these feelings, to... And we just put the Lifeline number up. And look, if you want to call that yeah. number, go for it. But I would actually suggest try Beyond Blue first and see how you go. Yeah. All right. You know what? I agree. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to put my number up there. I would talk to anyone and, and bloody help them. You would be amazing, Someone, Reggie. You would. You would be brilliant. Let's not I'll do that, it. Reggie. Let's not do that because... <laughs> let's not You'd do be that. wonderful, Reggie. Help the phone lines. Um, all right, let's change gears a little now and have a look at this mural. It's been painted on a retail building in the Sydney suburb of Miranda, but not everyone's a fan. A local resident has put up a petition to have it removed. She finds it offensive to women and not a good role model for the local kids. However, another petition that has gained more numbers is calling for it to stay. The owner of the building said they commissioned the work to stop offensive graffiti and it's worked. Look at what the building looked like before. And now... Let's go to that after picture. Uh, Reggie, 
Do you find it? I, I shouldn't ask you, Reggie. You don't find anything offensive. So, uh... no, I was going to say, I was going to say, I don't find that offensive at all. And if it's stopping people putting graffiti on there, good on them. Like people, are, the world's gone soft. Everyone needs to harden up. <laughs> They're soft. Yep, it's true. They are. It's true. I, 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 I am. Yep. I, I, you know, like, yes, you could you could have, I, I don't know, Does I don't know that this doesn't empower women or, you know, like puts women down. It's just... What it's does, just... though? What does empower women? Like, you've got all these fake tits out there everywhere now. Oh, that does, I don't find that empowering at all, these fake... Oh, look, I could go on. But that, that mural's fine. Jesus, people need to stop whinging. Yep. I, well... Well, we've we've solved that issue. <laughs> this is why this is why Reggie is the people's princess because she speaks facts and she speaks what's right. Well done, all hail Reggie. All hail Reggie. All hail Reggie. Come on, Ben. All hail Reggie. Oh, oh come on, Ben. All hail to her. Well, got to bend and down. Oh, sorry, we're actually come doing on, this. Ben. You okay. can bend yeah. down. I I was worried because I thought no, Ben yeah. was going to bang his uh, big microphone. Um, <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> All right. You know what? Coming up, we uh, this morning on Studio 10, they actually addressed the um, headlines about their budget cuts and big changes to the show with some people like Kerry ann Kennelly leaving. Ben's going to show us what happened in his entertainment report coming up a bit shortly. We'll also meet the eliminated contestant from The Masked Singer. And Bruno, last week he did the top three Karens. Today he's doing the male equivalent, the top three Tims. I cannot wait. Yes. I love Bruno segment. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Me too. But first, while I take a bit of a break to give my voice a rest, <laughs> let's get some news headlines with today, Alana McLean's joining us. Alana McLean with the latest news headlines from Ticker. Today, Victoria has recorded 410 new coronavirus cases with a further 21 deaths, marking the state's deadliest day. New Zealand is on high alert after another breakout of coronavirus. After 102 days of being completely COVID-19 free, Auckland will now go into stage three lockdown. It follows the confirmed cases of four people from one family with no known source. Almost half of those infected with COVID-19 in Victoria are younger than 40 years of age, according to new data from state officials. However, when it comes to hospitalisation, those numbers look very different with the majority of patients aged over 60. The US election is set to be shaken up with Kamala Harris selected as Joe Biden's running mate. If elected, she would be the nation's first female, first black and first Asian American vice president. And the presenting lineup at Channel 10 is changing following sweeping redundancies at the network. Major state bulletins will be broadcast from Sydney and Melbourne. Studio 10 also has made cast changes. The job losses follow similar cuts at News Corp, BuzzFeed and the ABC.
And the Twitter echo chamber is set to worsen with the introduction of a new feature which allows users to control who replies to their tweets. The changes apply to all accounts, even those of elected officials. Let's take a look at the weather happening right around the country and Melbourne, a very cool and cloudy top of 16 degrees. Showers for the afternoon in Sydney, heading for a max of 20. A few light clouds around in Brisbane today, a max of 24. Perth, a very cool top of 16 degrees and Adelaide, a storm warning and showers, a top of 16. You're up to date and it's back to you. Thank you very much, Alana. Now here's Ben. Well, last night on The Masked Singer Australia, the hammerhead was revealed to us as cricket legend Michael Bevan. Let's have a look at his time on the show last night. And we are absolutely thrilled to have him join us on the show today. Michael, welcome to the Ben, Rob and Robbo show. Woo. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated. Now, Michael, before we get started, I just want to take an issue with something that I saw on social media. In your Twitter bio, you said, sings okay. Now, that's not necessarily true because we saw you singing and you were brilliant. Okay. I will definitely up date that to sings better than okay for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, well, I will appreciate that. And I will say you were fantastic. Husey even said that he, at first he thought that you were Shannon Noll, but then he went on to say that you could sing better than Shannon Noll. Where have you been hiding this voice and how long has it taken for you to get onto a show like this? He just, he just got caught up in the hammerhead moment. Um, maybe a bit of over-enthusiasm, but look, it was... Look, some of the judges, uh, in terms of who they thought I was, were, was very... was quite flattering, really. And, um, and so, you know, I, I guess after the performance you never really know how you how, how you've done because you're so caught up in what you're doing you hope you deliver it all right and um you know by the sounds of it um everyone was pretty happy and i was too michael i think you were you were bloody brilliant now singing is in the family though your daughter liv was in the voice a few years ago did you take any inspiration from her Oh, of course, of course. Um, Liv did a great job on The Voice. She hasn't had much uh, live singing experience, so it was a bit of a um, a bit of a challenge for her. But she had three three judges turn for her in the first performance, and so we were all very proud of how she did. And uh, hopefully, um, that that feeling can be reciprocated. Oh, that's lovely. We've actually got a clip of you both singing together. Let's have a look at that. Cause you only need the light when it's burning low Only miss the sun when it starts to snow Only know you love her when you let it go Only know you've been high when you're feeling low Only hate the road when you're missing home Only know you love her 
Oh my god, that was Magic that was brilliant. Was that fun to perform with your your daughter like that? That was great. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. She asked me to do that, and uh, she put it all together and um, produced it all and chose the song. And and um, you know, so you know, I had the good fortune of spending a bit of time with her and listening to her voice. Look, I think she's got a great voice, and. Um, you know, very, very, um, very proud of, of, of what she's doing at the moment. And so, um, you know, if I was half as good as what she was, then I was, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> has music been, um, has music been a big part of your life, uh, Michael? In the um, look, it, it has. I mean, maybe not, not in the way that for the or for the same reasons for other people, but for me. Um, I've always loved singing um, and I always sing to songs, whether it's in the car or it's at home. And uh, I'm not one of these the guys that will just just listen to something. I need to sing with it. Um, and I get a lot of joy from doing that. Um, and so for me, doing this show was, you know, that was one of the, the great experiences that I could, that I could have because I love it. Um, the performance side of things is probably slightly more uncomfortable for me, and so that's where the sort of um, sort of the the nervousness came from, from my perspective. You know what? I need to ask you about something. Last night, I feel like I got a real human moment from you, even though you had a hammerhead shark's head on top of your head. Uh, but as they said that we're going to have to reveal yourself, I actually felt deeply saddened. I felt really sad for the hammerhead. Were you emotional at that point? Because that's what came across. Um, well, yes. I mean, yeah, yeah, for different reasons. I mean, there's a, there's kind of a bit of anticipation. A uh, bit of relief, a uh, bit of uncertainty there, and, and and surprise as well. And so you're all just trying to take it in. And of course, there's the aspect where you've just been kicked kicked off the show, and you're not happy about it. And um, so, look, you've got a lot of stuff going on there. But by and large, it was um, it was a pretty enjoyable experience. And I know I sort of only lasted one episode, but um, you know, it was nice to be able to punch out Jimmy Barnes' working class man. Do you know what I really want to say just before we quickly finish up here? And that is that what I think is amazing is you had a fantastic cricketing career and then you've gone on to do something like this. And, you know, it must have been really hard from, for you back in the day to step away from cricket. Uh, is it important to tell people out there that there's still more after having sporting careers? Look, I think so. I mean, I think it's different for everyone. I mean, some stay in the coaching game, some stay affiliated with the sport or maybe commentary. Um, for me, I never really harboured any grand ambitions of, of staying in the sport. And I'm one of these people that when it's finished, it's finished and you can move on. And and for me, I gave everything that I could. And it was I was very fortunate, very grateful to go through it. And the other thing from my perspective too is when I finished... You know, I was 37 years old and I, um, you know, the body was, was aching and there was a lot of pain there and, you know, you sort of try and get through that to achieve your goals. And by the time I, I, I retired or made the decision to retire, it was actually quite, um, it was long overdue and um, quite a relief. And so, look, I'm happy to move on and find other things to do in my life, whatever that is. And, um, you know, that's played a part and a very important part and, you um, you know, I think the key is then to sort of go on and find other things that, that, that you enjoy doing. 
Well, definitely don't rule out music because you're a sensational singer. You're never too old to have a number one on the Australian charts. And I'll tell you what, there's at least four people on this show right now that would buy your single if it came out. So congratulations yep. on your time yep. on The Masked Singer. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we'll uh, definitely be looking for you on iTunes. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Much appreciated. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. Thank you. It's the Red Life Shot of the Day. Where are you going today? You never know where you'll end up with the Random Life Shot of the Day. Ah, it's time for the Random Live Shot of the Day, and today we're at the Puppy Whelping Room in Germantown in what? Queensland. It's a partly cloudy 18 what? degrees with a high of 28, and it's a lot happening there today. Uh, it's uh, excitement. <laughs> plus. Hello, doggies. <laughs> wake up, wake what up. Happening? Sorry, what, what's that golden one doing to that black one? I don't, I'm don't. i concerned about They're what's cuddling up. Let's take a look at some feedback coming through to the Ben Robin Robbo show today. Go get tested, Rob, and get Amanda a safe distance away. I, I, I'm happy to get tested. <laughs> I will say, there's just been colds going through other. the family. It's just a cold. Um, we have Tony says, 50 cloves of garlic would kill anything. <laughs> Janelle says, <laughs> Eek! <laughs> Is it? Teehee, get better, Rob. Uh, Jamie says, Reggie, you are glowing today, looking fabulous. Jeanette says, I knew recipes about the cold would go off. Jeanette says, I usually have apple, ginger and pineapple juice, and that works for me. Um, Matthew Ooh. says, thank God Ben and Robbo do the show remote. Imagine if Rob's, Rob's turn, <laughs> imagine if Rob's cold turned out to be Corona and all three boys got sick. We are COVID-19 safe. This show can continue no matter what happens <laughs> because of the way we film it. Uh, uh, ben, uh, sorry, Robbo, do you want to read out these for me, please? Go ahead. Malcolm Blunt says, good old homemade chicken soup made from scratch with lots of veggies. Best thing, man flu. I don't know if that means we're going to get it. Uh, that's wonderful. <laughs> Matthew James says, Ben is completely right. The general public don't care about the political squabbles at the best of times, let, let alone there is a pandemic to deal with. That's from Matthew James there. Thank you, Matthew, for your comment. Uh, we love hearing you. Oh, another one from uh, you. You're very talkative today. Can we please get Ben up on the podium in front of the press pack to give them a dressing down? Oh, I think that's, uh, Matthew there has a bit of a, bit of a, uh, a crush there. Janelle Kane says, Ben versus Robbo feels like that scene out of A Few Good Men with Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> Wonderful film. Wonderful film. <laughs> Brilliant work there, Janelle. And, and we've also... And I think that's feedback, Rob. Yes, we've also had a lot of people um, talk about their lifeline experiences. They haven't been great. Um, Matthew has said this mm. is a horrible slander of lifeline. Thousands of people are dedicated to Lifeline. Uh, that is true. He also says his experience with Lifeline training process has been vastly different to what you've described. Um, Matthew, I have no doubt you're one of the good guys, but people here have spoken about from their personal experiences and that can't be um, put to the side either. And there are more on the Facebook and Twitter pages coming through backing that up. And hopefully, though, if we talk about it, they'll improve their services because at the end of the that's day, what I was thinking. that's what we all yeah, want. That's exactly right, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, exactly. need more ch they need more training. Empathy. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's change gear completely because it's my favourite time of the week. Woo! Which means we get to look at the world Bruno through Bruno's alert. eyes. Hello, Bruno. 
Hey guys, how are you, Reggie? Um, I adore you. How are Hello. You? It's nice to meet you. I love you too. <laughs> You're, you've got beautiful eyes. Bruno's got beautiful yeah, eyes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Bruno, I mentioned this last week. You have beautiful thighs. Thighs, not eyes. Thighs. <laughs> no, I. Well, I know, if, my, if my nose was shaped a bit better and I had hair, I would be dangerous. But, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no hair. Bruno, can I say, I love a man with a big nose. I love a man with a big nose. Is that what you're saying? And why would that be? Why would that be, Robert? I don't know what it is. I think because I've got a big Jew nose, I think that probably, you know, I'm attracted to other people who have got a big Jew nose. You're attracted I'm Jewish, to I can say that. Okay. okay, Bruno, did you, uh, you know, so basically Bruno. if you run into problems with your wife, just come here and you've got your own Tinder date, basically. Our all grinder date. Hey, um, Listen, Bruno, this week, yes. last week we did the top three Karens and this week in honour of this man, Tim Smith, the whingiest politician on the planet, we are oh, going to be talking. <laughs> we are going to be talking about the top three Tims. Tim, we have named the Karen, the male version of Karens. We've named Tim after Tim Smith, the member of a Q, because seriously, he does nothing but whinge. Um, so, Bruno, what have you got for us? Oh, guys, this took me great pleasure doing the research for the uh, top three Tim. So, guys. We start off at number three, and and listen. Sometimes the best Tim meltdowns are the ones where they're, they 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 think that they're so in the right uh, that they themselves begin to start filming, so that they can show everyone like, hey, can you believe how wrong I am? Uh, and then little do they know that you know it all gets turned around on them because they're the big idiot. So let me take you to yeah. London, 2018. This gentleman here. Tim is having a uh, uh, great difficulty exiting a building. That says emergency exit. Would that open if there was an emergency? Yes or no? That would not open. Thank you very much. That is going on YouTube. I pressed the exit button. Why? That says cycles. I'm not a f***ing cycle. Why can I not open this door? to get out, and this does not work either. Right, so that is two emergency exits that do not work in this building. I am not a cycle. Why will I go for the cycle door? Right, that is being reported to health and safety right now. I am not a cycle. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys... You are a cycle. <laughs> not a cycle. If any of your viewers think that he's a cycle, get that out of your mind. He is not a cycle. <laughs> What does he mean? I don't get that. What does he mean? What does oh, he mean? Oh, Reggie, you probably couldn't see it because of your eyes, but um, there was a, uh, a, a picture of a cycle. That's not offensive. She's legally no, blind, Robbo. Yeah, my eyes are stuffed. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm don't look at it like I just Tell said. Me. I called her. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. There was a picture of the cycle on the only on the emergency door that worked. Well, I'll I'll tell you about it off air. It was very funny. All right, okay. <laughs> All right, okay. Guys, let me take you. Let me take you to. Uh, let me take you to number two. This was in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, in the US last mm. year. And so a guy walks into a vape store. You know, like the vape pens. Oh yeah. You know? oh, yeah. Uh, so the guy walks yeah. in and he's wearing a Make America Great Again hat and a pro. Donald Trump shirt.
shirt, right? He's a big, big, muscly guy. And he was wanting to get himself a little bit of uh, the old vape juice. In fact, it was strawberry-flavoured vape juice. Now, uh, 99 times out of 100, when you see these um, uh, Karen and Tim uh, videos, the customer is always the idiot, right? Like, he's in the wrong. Uh, but yeah. in this video... It's actually the employee who's becoming our Tim. So, in other words, oh. this Trump guy that walks ah. in, he, he's, he's, actually, he's actually okay. He's been a little bit of a shit stirrer, but it's the employee that loses it. Check this out. Okay. If you do not stop recording in my store, I'm going to call the police and ask you to leave now. Please call the That would be awesome. Because I just want to purchase something. Fuck off, dude. Racist. Oh my yeah. god. Okay, Leave. here's where we're at. Leave the store. Here's where we're at. Leave the store. Here's Leave where, the store. Here's where Leave we're at. Leave the store. F off. I don't give a f get out. Uh, dude. I'm gonna make a deal with you. I wanna purchase that vape juice. No. If you sell it to me, no. I will no. If you sell it to me, look, get out! Help your customer! So, um, he's yeah, reminding so me of a... Yeah, he doesn't oh, seem like a fan of that. I had a bus driver like this the other week. Yeah, so Truth. Seth Rogen Jr. Uh, ended up losing his uh, his job as a what, result of that. What was, his, what was he upset he? about, Bruno? Yeah. Uh, it would That's seem that uh, he didn't like the guy being a uh, pro Donald Trump oh, uh, supporter, so he kind okay. of uh, lost his oh. mind. Yeah, there was a little reference in there to like you're a racist or, or, or something like that. So they didn't really get into a huge political discussion about it. The employee just yeah. flipped out and uh, and wanted uh, nothing to do with the guy. I have to say, I mm. think that employee Gosh. needs to forget the vaping and just go into the drawer underneath and pull out one of those uh, rolled-up cigarettes and have one of those. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, isn't it, isn't, it, isn't it meant to make you really mellow, all that stuff? Like, <laughs> he, he was really on edge, this guy. Like, he's going to be getting... He's going to get high off his own supply and just chill out. I've got to say, Bruno, <laughs> if that's your number two, I can't wait for your number one. <laughs> Yeah, well, listen, number one has become really uh, one of my favourites since the uh, the incident took place. In fact, I now follow this guy on all of his uh, socials. Uh, I've got Google alerts set up. Like, I'm obsessed uh, with, with this guy. So this is Long Island. This is exactly one year ago. Uh, and to set it up for you, he's a very short man. He's uh, five foot tall. He walks into a bagel store and he, he starts to get a sense that the female staff are, like, mocking him for not being tall enough, uh, and then all hell breaks loose when you're ready. Why is it okay for women to say, oh, you're five feet on dating sites? You should be dead. That's okay. Who said that to you here? Nobody. Women in general have said it on dating sites. You think I'm making that up? Everywhere I go, I get the same smirk with the biting lip. Shut your mouth. You're not God or my father or my boss. Dude, you want to step outside? You want to step outside? Huh? I'm not standing, pal. Enough. Enough. You shut up, too. Just shut the f up. Go ahead and attack me, big Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just wanted bagels. So, I don't know. 
Yeah, so this guy ended up becoming quite a big deal in the States. He he got known as uh, Bagel Boss because that was the name of the the, the takeaway store that he was in. Um, And he went on like the celebrity, uh, I use celebrity uh, very loosely, the celebrity boxing circuit. Uh, He he made a few bucks and he lives in a trailer now. He's he done could all right do for that. Himself. Midget porn stuff. Midget porn. Oh, okay. Who <laughs> <laughs> thought we'd be talking about yeah. midget porn this uh, this show? He could go on that. Well, I. Well, he does have that. Um, he, he does yeah. have that um, uh, big dick energy about him. So maybe there is something to be said for how he would go in pornography. I think you might be right. Uh, Bruno, yeah. we love you. Thank you very much. I always love this segment. Bruno, thank you very you much. Sir. We'll see you next week, my friend. Thanks, guys. See you. See you. Thanks, Bruno. All right. Before we wrap this show up, let's get a hit of entertainment. And Ben, I'd like to start with what's happening at Studio Ten, if we could, please, uh, because it's been a big. 24 hours for the show, and they've actually come out and talked about it on this morning's show. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it was devastating news yesterday to be able to hear what had happened uh, with those budget cuts happening, with budget cuts, you know, the cuts happening right across Channel 10. Now, the hosts of Studio 10 have taken an opportunity today to address major cuts to the show, which will impact, you know, what we are now going to be able to see at home. Carrie ann Kennelly will be leaving the network and Joe Hildebrand's future is apparently still in doubt. Sad to hear that because I feel like without Joe, there is no Studio 10, but yeah. maybe that's just my opinion. Host Sarah Harris was the first to speak about this. Uh, check this out. Well, it has been a huge 24 hours here at 10. By now, you've probably read all about the cuts that have had to be made here at the network and it's all true. In a few weeks' time, Studio 10, our little show, will look very different to what it does now. Um, Guys, it was uh, pretty hard news to cop yesterday. We're losing colleagues, we're losing mates, we're we're, we're losing family members, essentially. Mm. Well, Kerri-Anne Kennelly is true. Show business style found the funny side of the whole situation. Check out Kerri-Anne Kennelly as she tackled with this on television this morning. I've got to say, I'm sort of so grateful that uh, a little while ago you invited me on the program because I have had such a good time with all my new friends. And Mm. I don't say that lightly because Mm. you've all been so delightful, so charming and so generous. That's the whole production staff, everybody on the floor. I've, I've had a ball. But, you know... The reason I've sort of got this outfit on today is because if, <laughs> if you are being run out of town, get in front of the parade or get in front of the crowd and make it look like a parade. Which I would say is just the best way to tackle really bad news is never <laughs> let anyone, especially in the brand of, in the land of television, never let anyone try and put you down or never let them show that it's hurt you. You know, Joe Hildebrand also confirmed his own future was in doubt, but uh, people made the point, a lot of people, but he made the point that a lot of people are struggling, which I think is actually quite amazing that Joe Hildebrand took that opportunity to point that out whilst he is in trouble himself. Check it out. 
I don't know what's going to happen with me. We're still talking about it. Um, but, um, yeah, it's been amazing near seven years. I, I remember when it was just me and Ita and the show. <laughs> this, this is before there even was a Studio 10. It was before it even had a name. So um, it's, it's been an extraordinary run. But um, all the people, and, and not just at 10, but all the, the millions of people who have been smashed, you know, the, the, the pilots who are now stacking supermarket shelves, um, the, the casual workers who have been left in the, the Centrelink queues, um, it's, it's, it's awful to think um, how many people are affected by this. And again, um, people who think that economies are just economies, it's, it's, it's not. They're people um, and people's lives and livelihoods are at stake. Well, Joe Hildebrand, I tell you what, he is a trooper, never forgets his roots, also never forgets the fellow Australian while he's still reporting the news. So Angela Bishop as well, who looks set to join Sarah Harris as co-host of the new format in the coming weeks, pay tribute to the people behind the scenes who will be losing their jobs. Check it out. It's not just the people who we saw at the, in the headlines in the papers. It's, it's operations teams, mm. it's people, it's camera crews, studio crews in, in other states. And uh, <clears throat> a lot of people who have a really long history here mm. at Network 10 who are kind of part of the DNA, if you like. And um, it's been an incredibly tough 24 hours, which has seen, I think, uh, everyone here really embracing our colleagues and making sure we take care of one another. I think it's a good point to quickly ask this question now. Now, Reg, I know from many years of you doing small segments on the show, you've been a guest on the show, you've filled in on that show, and you've always protested that you're a big fan of Studio 10. So I would love to ask the question, oh, yeah. do you still watch Studio 10? Do you still watch the show in the morning? Yeah, I do, but, I, but I've been flicking during this whole corona crisis onto ABC and then I watch them, um, follow them on Twitter. I love Joe Hildebrand. I just love how he says what he thinks and feels. And a lot of us should be more like that. I love, I love Studio Absolutely. 10 and I hope it stays. Well, it is staying. Uh, there will be changes, as Ben said. It looks like being Angela and Sarah hosting together. We'll see that. And Ben, we've got to go, but quickly, some quick baby news. Yeah, absolutely. Just to finish the show off, some good news there, and that is that Grant Denyer and Bindi Irwin, both on the same day, used, using their social media, announced that they are both expecting uh, a baby, which is great. And oh. well, how many Gosh, babies? Just that you're just about to say they're getting together. Uh, and like... Grant Denyer is with us tomorrow. <laughs> He's in for a big interview. Reggie, thank you very much. You know we love you. You can thank come you back anytime, me. and we'll have to do it thank again. Thank you. Meanwhile, Grant Denyer tomorrow, and we will see you as we stream live across the world right here on Ticket TV and in your social media feeds. See you tomorrow. It's the Ben, Bye. Rob and Rob, oh Ben, Rob and Rob, oh Shen, Rob and Rob, oh Shen. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.